0: Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to TripleWell.com and check it out.
1: A little bit of exciting, well, it's not personal because it is my my business, the Rolled Up Podcast Network, but professional news. We've acquired our first podcast. You may remember Carice Hendrick from a few weeks ago where she came on Pit Stop, talked about chargebacks, fraud, etc. She has her own podcast called Fraudology, and she's joining the network. So I'm including the first episode where she talks a little bit about the news and how this current supply chain delays are going to impact fraud. Hope you enjoy this bonus episode of Pit Stop. And if you want to hear more about chargebacks, fraud, everything that goes on in the, the dark side of the world, not to get too, too scared. But I hope you go subscribe to her show and leave crease a nice five star review. So here's her most recent episode talking about what's going on with supply chains and fraud.
0: Welcome to the Fraudology Podcast. I'm your host, Carice Hendrick, an e-commerce fraud and chargeback consultant and expert. It is so good to be back. I've missed you. And from what I understand, some of you have missed me too. I really appreciate all the notes and messages. I took what I thought was just going to be a couple of week break. And to kind of just get my head around a lot of projects I was doing, I launched the first uh, refund fraud workshop for a little over 20 of literally some of the biggest e-commerce companies in the world. I had so much fun and I will share a lot more about that on a future episode. I also got to do my First in person speaking event since COVID. That was super fun. And there's just been a lot going on. And so I just needed a bit of a break. And hopefully that gave you all time to catch up on some of the past episodes. But now we're back. And I have some pretty big news to start off season two. And I am very excited and grateful to announce that the Fraudology podcast is now a part of the Rolled Up Podcast Network a lot of people don't totally understand why it matters to be part of a podcast network and that's okay because I didn't either. Uh, uh, Most everything is going to stay the same. For those of you that have listened to the Fraudology podcast, I think you're going to find it's only going to get better. And I'm not just saying that. Uh, We've had several conversations and I really am grateful that the team at Rolled Up agrees with the vision of Fraudology podcast and and just wants to help it become better. Uh, Some of the noticeable changes you'll find is that I'm going to be able to focus more on the content and less on some of the other things, which hopefully you'll find will result in better interviews, better conversations, uh, topics that Are really important to you, a little more research, uh, just all of those things that free up a little more time as they're going to do the production of the episodes, the launching of it, Uh, just so many of the little things that sometimes get me bogged down. And additionally, we're going to be bringing sponsorship and advertising to the podcast. This is exciting to me because a lot of you, especially on the solution provider side, have been asking me about this for over a year now. And I tried the first couple episodes and it, it just was too much for me to manage so I'm really excited for the rolled up uh, network to kind of take that on they already have a few podcasts all focused on e-commerce some are focused on Shopify some are focused on fulfillment and uh, all areas of e-commerce and so we are going to be their flagship podcast focused on fraud chargebacks and payments in e-commerce and mobile commerce and that is exciting to me so thank you so much to the Rolled Up Network. I am excited to be a part of it. On this episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about the supply chain issues that are kind of flooding mainstream media right now. And these are things that if you're in retail, you've been aware of for the past year, but it seems like with the holiday season coming up and especially with shipping issues that have occurred internationally, that it at least looks like we're entering into a time of increased demand with decreased supply. And that always has impacts to fraud that maybe a lot of people don't really think about until after the fact. Act. So I'm going to try to give you some of those things to think about now to try to help you and your company prepare for that. I'm also going to talk about the impact of supply chain and shipping issues to chargebacks. Uh, this is something that can obviously both fraud and chargebacks can impact to your bottom line. And, and sometimes fraud, if you don't catch it, will turn into a chargeback. But they are technically two separate things. So when we're talking about chargebacks due to supply chain, the majority of the chargebacks you're going to get that aren't. True fraud related, and that's what we'll talk about next. Will be under the reason code of item not received. Visa, MasterCard, Amex, and Discover all word this a little bit differently, but they all have a category for item not received. And a lot of times for retail, this is something that can really be because of misunderstandings. Uh, Not always, Uh, definitely when I've done audits for e-commerce merchants and dove into this reason code, sometimes they're a case of, this uh, phrase that I've heard go around, liar buyer. It's not really my favorite, but you know, buyers that are lying, but you want to do your best to prevent these chargebacks from ever happening. So, I mean, one way to do that would be if you don't have a product in your fulfillment center, or if you don't actually have it to send, don't put it for sale on your website. That's not always the case. That's not always something you can do, but that would be one easy way to do it. Um, if you are taking payment before items are uh, ready to ship, it's really important to have messaging, multiple messaging before checkout uh, for your customer to be aware of that. So if we think back to about nine or 10 months ago, uh, during the height of COVID, uh, maybe it was a year ago. I don't know. Time is kind of a... Crazy thing these days. Uh, we started to see a lot, at least I did as an internet consumer, um, a consumer on the internet. Uh, I started to see a lot of messaging around, you know, due to COVID 19, please expect shipping delays. Those types of things are really helpful and important when it comes to setting customer expectations. And when you're trying to reduce or, or really prevent items not received, chargebacks, it's all about maintaining customer expectations, being very communicative about when they're going to receive it. In the last 10 years, consumers have gotten, I should say probably more like the last five years, especially consumers have gotten used to two day shipping. And so a lot of times if something doesn't come in the next few days, they start to get concerned. It's not ever going to come. So In that case, just having the messaging up front and setting those expectations that shipping may be delayed or that the item is not set to ship until X date, something like that will be very helpful. I know there will be some departments within your company that will say, but that will impact conversion. Not if the customer knows that they're going to get the product, right? Not if it's for the holiday season, if they're already shopping end of October beginning of November then they're a savvy consumer if it's for a gift if it's not then they'll just have that expectation right and chances are your competitors have the exact same issues with the same products so that's something to be aware of if you've already accepted payment and then the item turns out to be delayed in some way whether it's custom item or whether uh you thought a shipment was arriving to your fulfillment center but it hasn't yet sending emails or if it's through mobile ordering push notifications just communicating the delay will help the consumer it'll help a couple of things one it'll help the consumer know okay i know when it's coming and they won't have that feeling of the unknown um the other is if a chargeback does Come in, You can prove that you were letting the customer know, hey, this item is going to be a little bit later than we expected. Here's when you can expect it now. And you can provide that in the... Um Rebuttal documentation. And so it's kind of a one two punch whenever I'm talking about preventing or really just saving money from chargebacks. And that is first you try to prevent the chargeback, but there will always be some that will come in. So then you make sure you have the documentation necessary for each reason code. And for this, it's proving that you were communicative to the customer. And then if you did ship an item, it's providing the tracking information and showing that it was delivered. Now I know that there are a lot of shipping carrier issues and I also know that these are contributing to the impact of refund fraud which I know if you've listened to, to me in the last few months you know this is a topic I can probably talk about in my sleep now but it's because it is impacting merchants so badly but just setting aside the fact that there may be people who are going to claim that they didn't get the item when they did, uh, being able to have tracking information, being able to capture signature when it is available. I know due to COVID, several carriers have tried not to do that, uh, and understandably so. But being able to have those. Another, you know, trick is if you're looking at the tracking information and you see it's in transit and it's been several days. That's an indication that it probably is lost somewhere or there's an issue because there definitely have been issues with carriers from having to social distance in the warehouse to trucks not being able to go out because of shortage of staff. There's, I mean, I've heard some crazy horror stories from merchants recently of things like a UPS truck that just sat there and and never, the entire contents of the item were never delivered. Uh, An entire warehouse that just like kind of got forgotten Uh, just all kinds of crazy things so those things are happening too. being communicative with your customers researching those and trying to remedy them on your own another thing that's important and I'm sure a lot of you have already done this but make sure with your payment processor especially if you're using multiple make sure that all of them have your customer service phone number and the right one on the customer statement that usually goes under your DBA uh, doing business as portion of your payment processing file. But that's really important because you want to encourage the customers to call your customer service with these complaints and not their bank, because the only action their bank can take when they're called with these types of issues for an e-commerce problem, whether it's I don't recognize this charge or I don't know where my item is or all kinds of things, the only thing they can do is issue a charge back. So... The goal is to get your customers to call you. Um, one quick story about a large department store last year that had this impact them quite a bit. They were under the impression that shipping would only be two to three days. But the provider that they were using for carrier was taking several more days for lots of reasons. And they weren't 100% aware of it. They weren't in front of it. They weren't as engaged with their account rep as at that carrier as they needed to be. Now they are. Uh, But so they didn't, they weren't 100% aware until they started to see their customer service calls really uptick. And it was getting close to that magic day in the holiday season in December, uh, December 25th in the US. And, uh, well, it's an important date in the US is what I meant to say. It was December 25th everywhere. (laughs) um but they were starting to get chargebacks for items that were still in transit because it was taking so long and so they would see a chargeback come in on December 24th or 25th and then when they would go to research that chargeback they would see that the item was delivered on the 27th or 28th so being ahead of it whether it's internally in your fulfillment center or with your carrier is going to really help you prevent those chargebacks and then if you do get them like I said provide all the evidence that you did everything you could to set customer expectations and if the item was delivered or in transit be sure to provide that tracking information too So another part of what I see the supply chain and shipping issues impact fraud and chargebacks is really around this concept of increased demand. Plus decrease supply equals more fraud. I did a a poll on LinkedIn last week around this issue, asking people what they thought. Do you think that fraud will increase because of supply chain issues? And although it wasn't a super scientific poll because it was on LinkedIn, over 80 people participated. And... It was resounding over 60. I think it was 69 percent was the final amount that said they do expect fraud to increase because of supply chain issues this year. So that is something to be aware of. And I think what you really need to pay attention to are those high demand items, because as we know, fraudsters, they really a lot of them are going to fence the item right there's three things that have to happen in order to commit fraud online and to be able to profit off of it and that is to get the data get the information the stolen credit card number the stolen account credentials whatever it is the the data that you need to monetize then you commit the crime you enter that data into the order or you take over an account and you uh, place an order Assuming that that order has been approved by the merchant, then once you receive the item, it's the cash out piece and that's fencing the item. And the majority of fraudsters these days with consumer goods are fencing them on secondary marketplaces. Uh, we There are lots of big names, but I work with a couple of them, so I'm not mentioning them. But you know the secondary marketplaces that are most popular. And then there are some that aren't super popular but that they're used a lot too so um if you look at that, th- they always want to make the most amount, and they want to be able to fence these items quickly. They want to be able to cash out quickly. So they're going to select to target items that are popular, that consumers are going to want. Consumers are either going to want them at a discount, and of course they can offer that discount because they didn't make the purchase with their money. Uh, there really was no um, cost of acquisition for that item, uh, cost of goods. And then... The other way that they're doing it is with items that are hard to get. I can't get this through the direct merchants that sell it. So I'm going to look at the secondary marketplaces because my kid really wants this item or my secret Santa or whatever it is. Whoever's on your list for any number of holidays this winter, that is, you know, you're wanting a specific item. So in this case with... There being increased demand for specific items, whether it be gaming consoles or brand new phones or um, laptops or uh, tablets. I'm trying to not use the name brands and it's hard. So if I uh, stumble, that's why, Um, you know, all all the popular things, the popular toys, whatever the Tickle Me Elmo of 2021 is, that's what's going to be popular. So those are the things that fraudsters are going to want too because they're going to be able to hike up the price and they know they'll have a buyer. And so that effort of them committing the crime is not in vain and they've easily cashed out. Sometimes they're going to cash out three times as much as they stole the credit card for on the original transaction. Other times it's going to be less, but whatever it is, they don't want a room or a house or a warehouse full of items. That's just sitting there. They need to turn them around faster. So, If you think about the very popular gaming console last year and how it was just really difficult for people to get it, This is a good example of that, right? So not even talking about fraud, just in general. When there is increased demand, but short supply of a gaming console, people are going to go crazy. And if a consumer is trying to get it directly from the source and they can't, they may go to a secondary marketplace and get it. Well, what if the secondary marketplace is fraud and it's just a box? I mean, that's a whole other story, I guess. And that happened a lot last year. But um It also happens where that's a horrible customer experience and a a brand experience for customers with companies that customers expect to be able to get that gaming console from. So if your company sells items that are going to be popular this holiday season and you have a shortage or just a short supply of them, you should be on the lookout for fraudsters really especially targeting those items. They may deploy some of their more sophisticated fraud methods on that because they want to pass your fraud screening. They may also go, if they don't want to use stolen credit cards or stolen account credentials, they may also go the route of refund fraud and get the item but then call your customer service or do a chat and say that the item didn't wasn't received or they received an empty box or maybe they ordered 3 items and two were less expensive and one was that hot item that you sell and that one hot item didn't wasn't in the box at least that's what they're claiming on those things one thing you can do is add a little bit more protection around those popular items, the popular items that are in short supply. So whether that means when customers ask for a refund for an item because it wasn't received or an empty box or any one of those scenarios that, you say, absolutely, we just need to go through a review for the, for this request and have you know your fraud team place a review on it just to see if it's related to any other accounts that have also had these claims, to be able to run the name and information through your verification systems, just an extra check. It'd almost be like reverse engineering a manual fraud review, but something to protect that item so that you're not just providing refunds and that item for free to people who are now going to really kind of water down your brand by having it available on secondary markets for much more expensive. Uh, the other thing is if you're you know, from a card fraud perspective, if you have a rules-based engine, considering placing a few extra points on... Uh, your most high demand items just so that if there are other risk factors in that order that will bubble up to the top Um, if you have machine learning talk with those engineers in charge of your model to talk about how you can Uh, highlight these popular items, but I just think it's important as, you know, revenue protection teams, people who are really uh, invested in protecting the revenue of your company and the customer trust in your company, that these be things that you start to think about. There obviously will be some fraud that gets through, but for the most part... At least if you're trying, you're going to be able to improve your customer experience on both ends, right? If you're really being communicative to your customer about when they should expect the item, that's a good customer experience and you're preventing chargebacks. Or if the chargeback comes, you're increasing the ability for you to keep the funds for your company. And on the flip side from fraud, if you're protecting those items and ensuring that legitimate customers are able to get them directly from you and not having to go to secondary marketplaces as often for those items and then You're ensuring more customer trust. So just weaving that in that this isn't just all about protecting your company from the bad guys. It's also about improving your customer experience so that you retain those customers from your competitors and so that you're protecting them and your company from bad actors as well. All right, that is all the time I have today for this little tidbit on this topic. I will be following up soon with more episodes on so many more topics that are impacting e-commerce, e-commerce payments, fraud and chargebacks. And I cannot uh, tell you how much I have enjoyed being back on the microphone and I will talk to you soon.
1: switched to OmniSend and immediately saw a lift in revenue. They started automating their welcome series, card abandonment series, and their post-purchase messaging. Just like Baking Steel is the perfect upgrade for your kitchen, OmniSend is the perfect upgrade for your Shopify store's marketing automation. 70,000 customers from home and kitchen brands to consumables and everything in between trust OmniSend. If you're not using a marketing automation platform that connects directly with Shopify, what are you waiting for? don't leave revenue on the table this bfcm triple whale is doing some
0: amazing things nowadays they're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay
1: informed and scale and whale mail is where you can get all these details so head over to triplewhale.com and sign up today